The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN Store. Hi, Yo DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 331. It's going to go out to a familiar name, Frankie Designs. Yes, we just dedicated a few episodes back, was dedicated to him, but he's not a coward, and he actually gave us a review. So we got to give him uh, another shout-out. Um, and basically, his re- review says, hands down, it's the most fun he's, he's had while betting on sports. And if you're not in the Discord, join the Discord, which is very true. So... Thank you, Frankie Designs. Hopefully, uh, he also um, likes listening to the show, not just the Discord. Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Get in there. It is lots of fun, as he said. So thank you, Frankie, and thank you for listening to the podcast here. We, um, we're kind of in a lull here uh, as we await um, Pennington versus Aldana 2. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll try to hang in there until uh, and bring you quality content until we get to that event. Um beginning with this week's ufc how ufc is back in the ufc apex once again um we got a heavyweight matchup on the top the undercard has been um strucken down a bit uh because the co-main event sung yadong versus ricky simone has been moved to next week's main event which is actually kind of cool it, it makes next week's event uh more interesting for sure but anyhow we're gonna break down all the prelim cards prelim um fights today we've got seven of them and then tomorrow we'll be back with the five main card fights our props parlays um locks how about um dogs all that fun stuff uh, i keep saying we it's not a, a royal we there actually is someone else here that voice you heard laughing before it's the uh, one and only gumby vreeland danny v hello I, I like how you threw the the aldana uh versus pennington news in there it doesn't seem <laughs> like a fun fight it unquestionably is a number one contender fight, though, right? Sadly, yes. Like, unquestionably, it's a number one contender fight. Uh, you're right. Couldn't be all that much excited about it. Maybe uh, the, the bosses usually try to get me on the big show or said they wanted to have yep. me on the big show again when a big fight comes around. Maybe I'll just pull a fast one on them and tell them to do it then. There we go. It's one month away, May 20th. Don't Perfect. mark it on your calendars. Pennington versus Aldana, too. And it's, for sure, it's going to be all five rounds, too, which will be even even more sweet right yeah i uh i can't imagine either of that i wonder i wonder if you could like line it right now what the over four and a half rounds or the fight goes to decision line would be because you got to imagine it's like negative 450 right yeah you'd think it would have to be at the very least well we got lots of fun women's band and weight headliners coming up hey eh? noon's pena, uh, pena three canada gets that oh boy vancouver is that Hopefully, the main event of Vancouver? It's the, uh, as of now, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. And the event's called that. So, oh, boy. That's um, not good. That UFC 289. Is that yeah. The one? And the undercard, not too exciting as of yet. Stephen Thompson, Michelle Pereira, I guess, would be the co-main event at this point. And let's say. That's, that's at least fun. That's at yeah. least fun as hell. Yeah, but, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow. Didn't I just hear they were moving a title? Oh no, that this is the title fight that got moved to that card. Never mind, never yeah. mind. Yeah, this right. was originally it, supposed to be earlier, or later, or something. Two women's bantamweight rematches, or in in one the one case, what do you call it? rematch plus one trilogy? 
a trilogy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, might tri- you might call easy it a trilogy. Easy word, and I didn't think of it. A tr- the trilogy fight. Um, we didn't ask for any of these fights, but we're getting them. So, um, more interesting. Do you think we uh, can squeeze a Holly Holm main event in after? Oh, please. Maybe they can do a three-way dance. Put Holly Holm in one of those fights too, and and see how uh, Jan and do some one on one on one. That would be interesting. No, it, it would be boring. It would be, it would be I mean, it would fest. be. It would be more fun if you put her in there with Aldana and in Pennington than than yeah. letting just two of them fight. It'd at least give us more to talk about. They would all clinch up into a ball against the cage, and it would be twenty five minutes of that. <laughs> it would be two what of them clinching and one of them watching. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, anyhow, we don't need to look ahead to uh, what we have coming down the shoot because we have something very very soon. Uh, three days, as a matter of fact. UFC Fight Night: Pavlovich versus Blades. Um, we're not worrying about the main event, though, today. That will be tomorrow. Um, we got the prelims today. Um, some interesting fights on it. Uh, I didn't find it too too, too difficult to, to handicap this week. And it sounds like a lot of my picks are lining up with yours. I don't know if that's good or bad. But actually, we're 62% lifetime when we line up. So I guess it's it's, it's, it's fairly good if we line up together. But um, thoughts on the undercard before we jump into it? I, I think there's a lot of intrigue here because there's there's like some prospects uh, who are unproven and super young who could take a big step forward. You also got uh, like a couple of people who are like kind of post prospect at this point in time, like Montel Jackson and Carol Rosa or Hosa rather are uh, are kind of like past their prospect status at this point because they've been around for so long. But at the same time, like still kind of have to answer a question about whether or not they really belong in the top 15 or so. So um, it, it at least is going to answer questions. And that's what I said about like when a card is weak, at least answer some questions for me. And I think this one does it. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I guarantee one of the fights. I, I have a feeling we're going to be on the wrong, different sides of, I just have a feeling. I, I, I know your, your likes and, and the type of mm. fighter, type of fighters you tend to pick. So we'll, we'll see if I'm right. I'll let you know okay. when we get to it. But before we get into that, I'm going to tell you about underdogs, underdog fantasy. We're brought to you by underdog fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down to some player prop parlays than over at underdog fantasy besides daily NHL, NBA and MLB games. They've already got NFL best draft. See, I'm all of a sudden uh, my uh, mainframe just shut down there and I, I can't talk anymore. Let's try this again. Besides daily NHL, NBA and MLB games. They've also already got, NFL basketball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I can't be shutting down already. We just got started. We have to talk about Bam Bam He Stand. Um, all right. That's the first fight we're going to talk about. Bantamweights. Brady, Bam Bam Heiston. Is it Heiston or He Stand? He Stand. He Stand. And He Stand on Gumby's uh, podcast, Top Show to Podcast this week and spoke. I'm not sure if he was standing at the time, but he spoke at the very least. Yeah, he was he was there, and we were talking yeah. about his mustache, so make sure you he, tune into that. Correct. Yes, and he <laughs> strongly hinted that it will be there. Um, <laughs> as hopefully uh, will Dana Batgirl. Hopefully he will be there as well, because that is his opponent in this curtain-jerking bantamweight fight. I'm going to tell you, but he stand first. Bam Bam is the nickname. He's the smaller of, of the two Bam Bams in the UFC. There's only two, right? Currently Three. Three. Who am, I, who am I forgetting? Who do Barbarina, you know? Barbarina, yep. Heiston, and... You're missing the most famous one. <laughs> the most famous. 
You got oh, uh, Tuivasa, yes. Ty Tuivasa, yes. So he's definitely he's definitely smaller than than all those guys. Um, he stands. He's six and two, two knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, one and one in the UFC. He won his last fight after dropping his debut. He was two and zero in the Ultimate Fighter and the loss in the finals. That would have been his first UFC fight. The loss used to fight at featherweight. Used to fight at lightweight. Uh, he's way down at bantamweight now. Uh, he's inch of height, inch of reach over Batgirl, ten years younger. He's been outstruck over his UFC fights by 1.2 strikes per minute. He has better grappling stats than Batgirl. He's at plus 135. Storm Batgirl, 12 and 4. Shouldn't his nickname be Batgirl? Wouldn't that be a better name? I think I've done uh, this joke before. And then I, I, named, I feel like I named I've been Batgirl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I named Batgirl and you, you didn't know because you don't know anything about Batman, you said, or something. So, yeah. yeah I, I think I, I already did this joke, so we're going to move on. I, I don't know anything about Batman. I will reiterate that. All right. Your kids aren't in Batman yet? Uh, they are, they're like into every superhero ever. So like, it, I don't take the time to learn anything about any of them. <laughs> good. Very good. Okay. Um, this is not uh, a background. This is storm. He is 12 and four, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once three and three in the UFC. However, he has dropped two straight fights. He was a regional champ used to fight at flyweight featherweight and lightweight. He's been all over the place. 2011 pro MMA debut. He's more than two times more, uh, more active landing strikes 2.2 times to be exact than Heaston is over their uh, UFC careers. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.66 strikes per minute. And he's at minus 135. Go ahead. So you had Heaston at plus 125. Uh, plus 135, even better. The, the oh. line's gotten better for him. Oh yeah. That, and that's wild to me because, uh, yep. well, first of all, it's, it's clearly bouncing a little bit because it originally posted like 160. Uh, it went all the way down to like one plus one ten, plus one fifteen in some places. So the fact that it's rebounding up means that they're kind of finding the equilibrium. Um, but the only reason I know this is because I've had my eye on the Brady Heastan uh, line the whole time. I love Brady Heastan here. Uh, I'm gonna go dog right out of the gate. Um, for a lot of reasons. The the biggest one being, um, Denabat Garel, just not a guy who's fought a lot of people who could out wrestle him. Um, you know, he fought Kyung Ho Kang. I don't know how you feel about the wrestling of Kyung Ho Kang. Chris Gutierrez just knocked him out quick. And uh, also, he just isn't a wrestler. Um, Guido Canetti can't wrestle. Uh, Kevin Atividad, I think, only survived 50 seconds. So there's no wrestling in that fight. Um, Brandon Davis lasted two minutes. No wrestling in that fight. The only person who seemingly could wrestle him was in his debut. He fought Haile Alatang. And Haile Alatang took him down pretty easy. I went back and watched those fights. He, he, you know, landed about half of his takedowns and seemingly really, really easy. Brady Heastan in his last fight did two things. First of all, his wrestling looked improved, which is pretty impressive considering it already looked good against Ricky Tercios. And then number two, he looks so much stronger. Um, you, you could tell he's working with a strength and conditioning coach. I actually asked him about it this week about like, you know, have you been working with a strength and conditioning coach? Is that why you look so jacked? And he said that he has. It's also made him lighter. It makes his gas tank better. Uh, I think all of those things are just going to mean he he just now grapples Bakarel Dana, who has had a tough time in his last couple of fights, you know, kind of getting out worked on the feet and tiring out late in fights, um, at least in the Kyung Ho Kang fight particularly. And, and I think Brady Heastan's going to take it to him. You'll see on Top Turtle, uh, most of the interviews Dan does, he, one of the first questions is, how, how do you get, how do you make yourself look so hot is what he says to the guys <laughs> usually. And I interview them, women just, as well. <laughs> some of them. No, he only usually say it to them for some reason, but he's usually, <laughs> how do you get some of those apps? Anyhow, he stands my pick too. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. We're dogs out of the gate together. Exactly. Plus like, I, I don't get why he's a dog here. Um, this is, 
I'm fading Baccarol and and I like Hestand too. So this is Hestand he, he looks so win. good against Fernie Garcia. It's worth yeah. and I'm a big Fernie Garcia guy. Like I, I thought yeah. Fernie Garcia was going to be a big threat, and he looked. I mean, he looked amazing against Freddie yeah. Garcia, and Buckerell's on a downward trend. He either knocks yeah, he's, him out or gets he's beat. He's some killers though, so I'll give him that. Has Chris he lost killers? Kyung Ho Kang. He lost to Kyung Ho Kang. Yeah, he's he's amazing, dude. Kyung Ho Kang got he's out Mr. Perfect by God Hani Yaya. He got out grappled by Hani Yaya, a hundred and fifty yeah. year old Hani Yaya. More on him very soon. <laughs> Very soon. But yeah, we're both going. Plus, he's 10 years younger, for God's sakes. And he's got a super smoking hot body now. So from what That's I hear right. from Dan. That's so. right. Yeah, he's ripped. Smoking hot body for Brady Heastand. All right, let's move on. Women's flyweight. We're going to differ on this one. Priscilla Cachoeira, Kareen Silva. Or is it Kahin? I think it's Kareen. I think you yeah, can Yeah, usually the they don't the do middle. that with. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Cachoeira is the zombie girl. 12 and 4, 7 knockouts. Been submitted twice. 4 and 4 in the UFC. She's won 2 straight and 4 of 5. She had a horrendous start to the UFC. Uh, what they fed her to Valentina Shevchenko first fight, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. She, that almost was, got, that was, she almost died that was, for real, and that was uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, but but things have turned around. She won her last fight via TKO, and that was against um, Ariana Lipsky. Um, used to fight up at bantamweight, has missed weight before. Uh, two inches taller than Silva, striking stats and uh, are in her favor over Silva. Plus, she's more active landing strikes. However, she's been outstruck in all of her UFC, not all of her UFC fights, but overall, her eight-fight career, she's at minus 3.17. Ouch. Um, that's just but, the Chevchenko fight. Probably, yeah, yeah, that's what we <laughs> said last time, too. Yeah, uh, she's still, she's never going to live that down. Even if she becomes champion, she still will have a negative strike differential. She's at plus 168 in the boards. Killer, Kareen Silva, 12 and 4, six, nine knockouts, six submissions. So she's a killer. She's finished everyone that she's beat. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 1-0 in the UFC. She won that fight via submission. She's won six straight fights. Has not lost since May of 2019. Used to fight at Adam, uh, sorry, Strawweight and Badamweight. 2013 Pro MMA debut. Two inches of reach over Cachoeira. Five years younger. She also has been outstruck over her, well, one UFC fight uh, by 1.46 strikes per minute. She has better grappling stats than Cachoeira. Small sample size uh, for that. And she's at minus 188. I'm going Cachoeira. I think you're going to go Silva because she's a grappler, but uh, I'm going to take the striker with um, really good power over Silva. Um, Cachoeira has been taken down in her career. She also has stuffed a lot of takedowns, so I'm hoping, um, I think 65% takedown um, defense she has, and you know, and, uh, she looked so good against Lipsky last fight. I am willing to roll the dice here uh, on, a, on the better striker and get some nice dog money. You are wrong. I'm going Cachoeira. Oh, really? I thought yeah. that your type of fighter, but no. Good. You know, and, and, and she she is to an extent, but here's the thing. It, is that like if you go back and you watch her fight on Contender Series, because actually I think the stats you have are, are for two fights, because she fought Kui Hui Yan in right, that, yes, uh, yes, that, that Contender Series fight too. Yep. And in that fight, she was so clearly the better jujitsu specialist. And if Kui Hui Yan just didn't keep trying to take her down and succeed a whole bunch of times, she would have lost that fight because she could not get Kui Huyan down. There was no chance of it happening. Um, her her takedowns are actually kind of terrible. Um, she, she doesn't set them up well. She doesn't get in deep on them. A lot of them are body lock takedowns, which I kind of don't feel like are going to work against uh, Priscilla Cachoeira either. And then the other, the bigger thing here is just how big of a gap there's going to be in the striking because Kareem De Silva or Kareem Silva rather. She throws out a lot of strikes that are not remotely close to landing. 
Like she, she throws leg kicks that are way out of range. She can't seem to find where her jab is supposed to kick. Like she just, she, she throws out a lot of stuff that I think she thinks is going to land, but it winds up leaving her really open to counters and makes it really easy for people to defend takedowns because they, they're not reacting to her striking at all. They're just like, okay, that strike is way far away from me. If she shoots, I'm going to stuff her real easily. So I think both of those things play super negatively in her favor. And I, as a result, yeah, like I like Cachoeira here. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if she finished her either. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. N- now that you mentioned that, I think I kind of remember you weren't in on Silva. I don't think you were in on her for the contender series. Were you or were you? Oh, no, I, I definitely picked Kui Hui Yan. And uh, yeah, okay. here's the part that bugs me the most about that fight, too, because I remember vividly breaking it down. Um, I, I, Kui Hui Yan, all she had to do was keep that fight on the feet because she was winning it on the feet. And sh- she could clearly take her down whenever she wanted. Uh, so I, I picked her. I wanted to say she was big dog money, too, on that one. Um, and all she had to do was just, like, not shoot a stupid takedown with, with her head on the wrong side, and she would have won that fight. Um, and she did for like two and a half rounds and then made a bad decision. So, uh, and, and I, I think I was off Kareem to Silva on the last fight against Botelho too, but, um, you know, again, same thing. She just kind of like hit a takedown, uh, and it was a reactionary takedown. It wasn't even a good takedown. It was like, she caught a kick and pushed her over. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I think Kareem to Silva, great jujitsu, but I don't think the means to get it there. Gumby's great at just throwing shade at. A bunch of people that aren't that we're not even talking about on the show. Every episode you do that is great. There's always uh, shrapnel flying. Pe- what, was this a Kui Hui Yan? Kui Yan and whoever else you just mentioned. Yeah, it's great. I <laughs> yeah. like it. Right. I like it. All right. Uh, we are on both on the same page, both on underdogs. So um, the dogs be barking last week. They were what, they hit six dogs out of 14 fights. So that's a pretty huge number. We were at 71, 72% on the year. We're down to 70% now for the favorites coming through. Usually overall the rate 67. So you've got to kind of think the dogs mathematically that the dogs should be coming through um, in a higher ratio. Cause, Cause you think eventually we're going to go back to that 67% rate, but there you go. We got two right out of the gate. So hopefully I'm correct with that. Um, let me tell you about the SGPM merch store. We are brought to you by the SGPM merch store. In honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April, get 10% off anything in the SGPM merch store when you use the promo code SGP. Sorry, yes. Sorry, yes. No, that's not the code. The code is not sorry, yes. The code is SGPNBA. That's SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything, including the Gumby Miracle t-shirt, the multi-regional championships on their mantle shirt, you know, lots of fun stuff. And there's we have other shows, of course, get their gear too. So that is uh, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right, moving on. See if we are still on the same page. We are going to Featherweights Francis Marshall versus William Gomi. Uh, Gomi, Jag- he's a Jaguar. Um, apparently Jaguars are allowed in the UFC. So keep that in mind. He's 11 and two, six knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted once himself. One and only UFC. That's part of the nine fight winning streak. He's not lost since January of 2018. He's fight up at lightweight was a regional champion, three inches taller and an inch of reach on Marshall. He's striking and grappling stats are better than Marshall's based off his one UFC fight and Marshall's one UFC and one contender series fight. So pretty small sample sizes. 
Um, Gomi outstruck his first opponent by uh, UFC opponent by 0.8 strikes per minute, and he is at plus 175 on the board. Fire Marshall is seven and zero, one knockout, four submissions, one known in the UFC, one that via knockout, one known in the contender series. Used to fight at lightweight, two years younger than Gomi, three times more active landing strikes based on the small sample sizes here. He's outstruck his two opponents, UFC and contender series, by 1.31 strikes per minute, and he's at minus 205. Over to you. Uh, I'm going uh, Marshall here. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah, this is. Here's the thing. I actually think Gomi is he's better than people give him credit for. Um, in, in that fight with Jarno Aaron's, he looked really good at certain moments, but then there were also times where, like, you know, you know, Jarno Aaron's is a kickboxer. Like he, he that's exclusively what he is. He's a Dutch kickboxer. And at that end of that fight, I don't know if you remember, Gomi was in a sunk triangle choke. Like, he was almost done for if Jarno Aaron's had a little bit more time or, you know, cinched that up a little bit tighter. You know, we might be talking about 0-1, William Gomi. And Marshall, first of all, I think is going to be more aggressive on the feet, more deadly on the feet. Um, and, and Gomi already sort of backpedals more than he ought to. I also think Marshall has got the takedowns game. Like we haven't seen a ton of it in the UFC because he's just showed off that like, Hey, my hands are really good. Um, but like, I, I think he's got a wrestling advantage there. And if you look at the stuff that Aaron's did that gave Gomi the most trouble, Gomi hated the fact that uh, Aaron's countered with, with like boxing counters when he, when he countered with kickboxing stuff, he, like, knew how to avoid it and knew how to circle away. But when he threw, like, you know, hooks to the body or stuff like that, like, more boxing-level stuff, it really bothered Gomi. And he got really tired towards the end. I think Marshall's gas tank and the fact that he is, you know, a pretty adept boxer in addition to being a good grappler, uh, it makes me, you know, pretty darn confident in, in Marshall here. Yeah, Marshall's my pick as well. He's really uh, opened some eyes over his two performances that we've seen him in the octagon. So... Looking forward to him making uh, making it, what, eight straight wins to start, start off his career. So we're on the same page there. Once again, heavyweight time, Mohamed Usman versus Junior Tafa. Uh, the battle of the lesser brothers. We'll tell you about Usman first. The Motor. How How is that his nickname? I've never heard that nickname before. Are you sure that's real? <laughs> he does not have a motor. I, pretty, I would have got it off uh, topology. So, yes, The Motor. Is there a hyphen there? Because he his name is well the bow. Maybe, maybe, but ooh, okay. He's eight and two anyhow. Uh, four knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. The only time he's been stopped. So he's got that going for him. Uh, one known in the UFC, one via knockout. That was for the Ultimate Fighter Championship, which he won. So he went two and on the Ultimate Fighter House. Oh, one in PFL. He's at plus one hundred. And yes, he is Kamaru's younger brother. I think he's younger, right? Um. More on He's that in a second. Yeah, and He's yeah, definitely really bigger, matter, I guess. Junior Taffa is the younger brother, right, of Justin? He you is. know the, that? He's yeah. the younger one. I know okay. that. Okay. He's the juggernaut. Uh, you remember who else's nickname is the juggernaut? I don't. But I do know yeah, Mohamed Usman is the younger brother by one year. Okay. The juggernaut, <laughs> another kickboxer from that part of uh, the world, Mark Hunt. Oh. I think that was one of his nicknames. Never the one I I'm, I'm familiar with. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Or he maybe he was just a fan of that character. I when I interviewed him years ago, he was talking about the juggernaut. But anyhow, Prophet's 4-0 with four knockouts. This is his debut in the UFC. He also is a pro boxer. 
pro Muay Thai and pro kickboxer. Uh, based on their last weigh-ins, he's 28 pounds heavier than Usman, inch taller, seven years younger. Don't have reach stats for him because he hasn't fought any big organizations that do that stuff yet. He's at minus 110. Uh, I've never, maybe I've seen Junior Hoffa fight. Regardless, sight unseen, I'm taking him because I really think Mo Usman is bad. Um, so first of all, uh, Mark Hunt's the super Samoan. Um, That's right. Yeah, I think he. I think he just said Juggernaut was his favorite. I mean, he's got. He's shaped like the Juggernaut. Am I wrong? Sure. <laughs> oh, you know the Juggernaut now. <laughs> I do know the Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. He's shaped like the Juggernaut. Uh, I'm thinking Mo Usman in this fight. Really? Doesn't yeah. he suck though. He always. He does. Away I think though. Junior Tafa sucks too. <laughs> oh uh, crap. So if, if you go back and you watch Junior Tafa, you might. You guys might remember. I uh, we we broke down a Junior Tafa fight on right. this very yep. podcast. Actually, two of them. Uh, both of them, I picked against him and he won both of them anyway. Uh, but he fought at brave CF against this guy named Nicholas Jurjevich. Nicholas Jurjevich is 41 years old. Nicholas Jurjevich is four and four in his pro career. Nicholas Jurjevich pretty much could only wrestle and had about two minutes of cardio. Uh, and Nicholas Jurjevich put it to junior Tafa for all two minutes of that cardio. He had, he took him down. He had him in a crucifix. He was leveling him with grounded pound. And then at a certain point in time, Nicholas Djurjevic remembered he was 41 years old, got tired, let Junior Tafa up, and then got proceeded to get knocked out. And not like knocked out in a way that like, oh shit, Junior Tafa's got like crazy KO power. It was 100% like, oh, I'm tired. I might lay down now. Uh, and, and apart from that, like Junior Tafa hasn't impressed me with who he beat. Like his, his best win the, the Suyoshi Sudario fight that he won in Ryzen just now, like, cool win, but he beat a sumo wrestler who doesn't really box um, and should have just taken him down and didn't. And, and apart from that, he's fought, like, a lot of journeymen and stuff like that. I actually think if you look at Mohamed Usman's record, he's fought way better competition. Like, Zach Ponga, way better than all those guys. Um you know, even if you look back to some of his fights in Titan, he fought some better people. I mean, he fought Dante Mays. And I would just say this, like, he's durable. He, it's not like he goes in there and gets knocked out. In fact, he's never been knocked out in his whole life. And he himself has got knockout power in a little bit of takedowns. And I think all you need in this fight is a little bit of takedowns because I think he's going to wind up on top of uh, on top of Tafa in this fight. And, and I think the ground and pound plays. On top of Tafa. That's a tongue twister. Do you see how uh, Gumby crapped over a bunch of innocent fighters again there? It's great. Which, which one did I crap on there? Just Nicholas Djurjevic. Djurjevic is a four and four, 41 year old <laughs> French heavyweight. See, like, <laughs> you can't resist. He's doing it again. And same with uh, some sumo guy you mentioned. I, I oh, Sudario. That. I like Sudario. He just needed to grapple. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. Anyhow, uh, my blind pick may go awry, but we'll see. I, I just know I'm always been not good. But if, if you're, th- it, if you're out there uh, thinking about putting your hard money, hard earned money on Junior Tafa, or on, gonna, uh, or, or on Mo Usman. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> exactly. just like fade this fight. But if you yeah. are thinking about going out there and putting your hard-earned money on Junior Tafa, I just want you to go Google his fight with Nicholas Djurjevic first. Oh, there it is. It's at Brave CF. Watch <laughs> the fight and then think to yourself, is this a man I want my money on? Djurjevic uh, again. If, yeah. It's it's the Djurjevic effect. Oh, boy. Poor Djurjevic. <laughs> All right. Let's go to women's featherweight. Yes, it's apparently a weight class. Carol Hosa versus Norma Dumont. This one actually had a little trouble picking. It's almost a pick him on the board. So I guess that, that makes sense. So I bought Hosa first. Uh, 16 and four, four knockouts, two submissions. 
She's been submitted twice, five and one in the UFC. She has won her last fight. Uh, used to fight at down at Bantamweight, as all the featherweights tend to do. 2012 Pro MMA debut, four years younger than DeMont. She's more active landing strikes, and she has better grappling stats as well. She's been very good in the striking department over her six UFC fights. She's outstruck her opponents by 2.03 strikes per minute. She's even money, plus 100. The immortal Norma DeMont, eight and two with two submissions. Did you know she was an immortal? I guess we know that. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the nickname. Yeah, I, I, no, it's always oh, just a nickname. I thought she was immortal. Okay, pretty sure it's just a nickname. And just like the motor, his <laughs> it doesn't really describe Mo Usman either. And no, he does. He doesn't. No. <laughs> Dumont eight and two with two submissions. She knocked out once. Four and two in the UFC. Won her last fight. She's missed weight twice. I think once. Yeah, actually once at featherweight, once at bantamweight. So you may want to keep that in mind. You may want to hang. Um, hang on your money until you see the way ends Friday and see how everyone looks. Um, you spent a band weight two inches taller than Hosa. Norm DeMont's taller than someone that's that's weird. Um, she's outstruck her UC opponents by 1.6 strikes per minute, and she's at minus 115. Over to you. This one's mine. Yep, I took Toffa blindly. Oh, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Carol Hosa here. Um, I'm gonna take the even money on Carol Hosa. It was this was equally a tough fight for me because Harold Carol Hosa she, she looked really good uh two fights ago and then she had that fight with Lena Landsberg that was like ah I don't really like how static she looked on the feet particularly with like her striking defense like Landsberg was landing a lot on her but she still got that like very nice double leg she has like a nice judo hip throw when she chooses to use it and if you look back at Norma Dumont's losses, you know, in, in her wins, it, it's kind of like a stalemate on the feet for most of the time. And she just wins. But like, like if you look back at her Macy Chason loss, for instance, Macy Chason took her down with like, it was a body lock, but it wasn't even like a clean body lock. It was kind of like a muscled one. I think Hosa has just like a little bit more, you know, like a little bit more technically sound grappling. And I think that should be enough against Dumont. Um, I also just think Dumont is a little bit too slow to take advantage of Carol Hosa's like defensive issues while like uh, Lena Landsberg, who's, you know, she's the elbow queen uh, was able to like kind of work around the guard of Hosa sometimes. I don't know that Dumont's fast enough for that. So uh, yeah, give me, give me Carol Hosa here on the even money. We finally differ. Um, we differed I... on the last one, dude. Oh, that's right. We finally <laughs> differ again. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Dumont. Um, just basically resume her resume is as her resume is not like great either but it's <laughs> bit, a bit better than hosts uh, the only active ufc fighter host has beaten is jocelyn edwards and I don't the think only the jocelyn only either. active the only active <laughs> uh ufc fighter that norma dumont has beat is danielle wolf yeah she beat some better names so aspen lad she's a world beater oh yeah that fight was a barn burner <laughs> dude <laughs> anyhow this is another fight i think i'm gonna i'm gonna stay away from in real life so um all right, Bantamweights, Hani Yaya, the aforementioned, versus Montel Jackson. Uh, Yaya, 28-10-1 with one no contest, 21 submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted once, 13-4-1 with one no contest in the UFC. However, he's won two straight fights. However, he's not fought since November 2021. He's not lost since February of 2019. He was 4-3 in WEC. Good to see. WEC, never die. Regional champion, used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at lightweight. Wait a minute. What's this one at? This one's at Phantom. Oh, Phantomite. Right. Yes. Yes. He used to fight featherweight and lightweight. 2002 Pro MMA debut. A BJJ champ, but 
multiple times over, like world level uh, BJJ practitioner. He's been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.18 strikes per minute, plus 450. That line kind of surprised me uh, when I was making this uh, this info up. Quick, Jackson, 12 and two, six knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight, six and two in the UFC. He's won three straight and six of seven. Has not lost since July 2020. Has missed weight in the past. So once, like I said about DeMont, uh, may want to wait this one out. Uh, one and one in the contender series. Used to fight at featherweight and lightweight. Four inches taller, eight inches of reach, eight years younger. Striking, grappling, and active striking stats in his favor over Yah Yah. He out, he's outstruck his UFC opponents by almost two strikes a minute, 1.99 minus 549. I think the resume speaks for itself that Jackson is the right pick here. Yeah. Did did you say only eight years younger? For some reason, yeah. I thought he was like 20 years younger. Is that <laughs> yep, doesn't eight it years feel eight, eight doesn't feel right? There's a number that jumps out 30 to me. and 38. No, and I'll say I'll, I'll say this. I'm taking Jackson too. Um, but I will tell you uh with the number where it is, this is not parlay material. Do not put Montel Jackson in your parlays because you know, I, I think Jackson's gonna win. I think he's gonna pick apart Ronnie Yaya on the feet. I, I think if you look I think if you look at Hani Yaya's fight with Kyung Ho Kang, particularly late in that fight when Kyung Ho Kang started like landing punches, there's a lot to worry about there with Montel Jackson, right? Montel Jackson's so long, right? Like his arms are so long. His boxing's way better than Kyung Ho Kang. Like, and, and then the layoff for Hani Yaya, like how could you pick Hani Yaya and feel good about yourself? But that being said, Montel Jackson has shown issues with takedowns before. Now, granted, against much better grapplers. Right. Ricky Simone, Brett Johns are the two guys who have given him his two hardest fights and, and his two losses. But he also gave up like a, a weird body lock takedown to Julio Arce at the end of the first round. Uh, that makes me go, ah, do I really want to hold like my parlay hinging on a guy who uh, has issues with grappling up against the Abu Dhabi champion? Probably not, especially at negative 500. You know, like if, if you want to find a good prop on like, you know, Montel Jackson wins by KO or something like that. Like, he's definitely bettable if you can get the number down a little bit. But I definitely am not, like, hinging a four-fight parlay on Montel Jackson's negative 500 line here. I know Yaya is old. He's, what, 38 and a half. Uh, he's only been stopped three times, though. So even yeah. even a finish prop may not be. Well, you can sprinkle what, if, what if was the, what was the What was the raw number on Jackson here? 549. 549. I was shocked when I saw this. Yeah, I, I thought it would I didn't be think closer. It was be that high. But like Montel Jackson's got a lot of hype behind him, and a win over yeah. Julio Arce is not nothing either, you yeah. know. And uh, I will, uh, I'll be getting those prop numbers to you momentarily. Montel okay. Jackson wins by KO is only negative one thirty. Even yeah, that might not be just, playable. Yeah. We're cowards, eh? Three straight fights. We're like, yeah, you probably don't want to play. Well, no, I, I think I think you could bet Usman and feel all right about it. I just made <sighs> you. You have to just go watch Djurjevic if you're gonna bet on Djurjevic. <laughs> Poor Jojo bitch. All right. Main event of the prelims is Hickey Glenn. He's Brazilian, right? No, he's he is, on your podcast. He is not. He's, he's a Midwestern not. chap. I know. Ricky Glenn versus Christos Giagos. Uh, and this is at what weight class are these boys at? Lightweights. Giagos is the Spartan, 19 and 10. Seven knockouts, four submissions. Been knocked out twice, submitted five times. Five and six in the UFC over two stints. He's lost two straight. Before that, he won two straight. This could be it. He could be fighting for his career here uh, in the UFC. He got finished in both of his last two fights. Finally, I get to say multiple regional championships on his mantle. Go get the shirt. I told you the address earlier. 2010, 
pro MMA debut, inch of reach over Glenn. He's barely been outstruck over his UFC career. He's at minus 0.06 uh, strikes per minute that he gets outstruck by. He has better grappling stats than Glenn, my, plus 150. The Gladiator. So we have Gladiator versus the Spartan. I never realized. I didn't. That didn't clue in before. This is going to be epic, Dan. It rules. That rules. It does rule. <laughs> uh, Hickey. Hickey Glenn. He was on the Top Turtle podcast uh, this this week. So make sure you listen. He is 22-6-2, 13 knockouts, two submissions, three submissions, excuse me. He's been submitted twice. Uh, he's 4-3-1 and one in the UFC. He's gone 2-1-1 one, one over his last four. He drew in his last fight. That was back in October of 2021. He's the guy who, no, it's he stand whose knee was torn apart, right? Yeah. Although well, uh, Rick, Ricky Glenn's been through a lot of injuries. Oh, yeah. He too. tore his yeah. groin. Yeah. And the quote was, it felt like I got stabbed in the groin. <laughs> make that sure you tune in. Fun. Make sure you tune in and listen. <laughs> yeah. You hear someone talk about being stabbed in the groin. Uh, all right. So he's been out of the cage for a year and a half or so. He's missed weight before. He was uh missed weight down at feather featherweight too. Right. Yeah. Okay. He was a World Series of Fighting champion. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He beat to... Georgie Kiarkian in the ah, yes. for the belt. Yeah. Yes. Um he used to fight at featherweight, as Dan said. 2006, he's been a pro MMA fighter since two inches of height over Giagos. He's got better striking stats and he's more active landing strikes. He's up he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.14 strikes per minute. Minus 162. Is it me? Hmm. Uh, I believe it's you. Me, you, me, uh, whatever. I will take Glenn, of course, because Dan talked to him. No, I, I think he's uh, better than Giagos. Uh, two trains headed in the op- opposite directions, as I as I said before. Um, as I've said in other podcasts, Glenn basically had um, had that guy beat last fight. Why can't I? Uh, Grant Dawson. Yeah, Grant Dawson. Not just a guy, a very good guy. Uh, uh, a dude. <laughs> yes. Basically, basically had him beat uh, before it turned into a draw. Had him dead on his feet. and uh, You'll hear it on the top turtle if you don't remember that fight. But um, Glenn's good. He's just better than Giagos. Giagos is probably going to be out of the UFC after this fight. So give me Ricky, the gladiator Glenn, over the Spartan. Yeah. So first of all, I want to reference the World Series of Fighting reference you made. He actually was uh, on... One of the first fights I ever covered live, uh, which was World Series of Fighting Five. Who sent uh, you there? Ah, uh, some very smart website. Uh, was it me? That is, that it is no longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, so, I, yeah, it was headlined by Andre Arlovsky. Yes, I remember. Uh, That's why you wanted to go. So you <laughs> yeah. rule all over Andre Arlovsky. Yeah, World Series of Fighting Five. In uh, yeah, so he was on that card. That that card was ten years ago, um, and he's still out here doing the damn thing. I will say this about Ricky Glenn. He looks so much better at lightweight than he ever did at featherweight. Um, yeah. You know, he came out, knocked out Joaquin Silva real brutally right in the beginning of that fight. Um, the Grant Dawson fight. Yeah, it's a draw. It goes down as a draw. But man, like drawing with Grant Dawson is legit. And Grant Dawson tried to take him down a couple of times. And he like, you know, like body locked him back and like shrugged off the takedowns and like countered him. And like he was in top control at some times. Like. He hung with Grant Dawson grappling, which is insane to say because Grant Dawson has gone out there and just manhandled like like he manhandled Mark Madsen, who's an Olympic wrestler. He manhandled Jared Gordon, who's a, a really, really great grappler in his own right. And he couldn't manhandle Ricky Glenn, which just shows you he's got great takedown defense. And Chris Osiagos is kind of a grappler bust kind of guy. Like if he can't get the fight to the ground. He, he's going to be outmatched by most lightweights on the feet. And I think Ricky Glenn is just going to piece him up and stuff the takedowns. All right. There you go. 
Ricky Glenn is the pick. All right, I'll give you a recap before we get out of your ear holes. Unless you're going to listen to our podcast, tomorrow's podcast, back-to-back, then we'll be in your holes again. All right, we both are in on Glenn. We're both in on Jackson. He's got Hosa. I have Dumont. He has Usman. I have Tafa. We both have Marshall. both have Cachorera. We both have He Stand. Right? That sounds right to me. Awesome. All right. Tomorrow is the main event, the main card. Um, props, locks, dogs, parlays, all that fun stuff. Uh, we'll be in your holes tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not in the Discord, get in the Discord, as everyone's already told you. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, give us a review, just like uh, just like Frankie did. And I'll mention your name in the podcast. What could be more exciting than that? Um, five stars on Spotify, obviously, because we're amazing. And then if uh, Apple or wherever else, five stars, obviously, and uh, a nice review. Would be nice. You know, come on. Don't be a coward. Um, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account for us. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. He's at Gumby Vreeland. We've hyped it up enough, but listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast to get more insight into uh, fighters that are going to be fighting this weekend. Um, get in my pick em contest, moneymma.substack.com. Sign up for my newsletter. Basically, you get MMA stuff, for uh, news, stats, all that jazz for me pretty much every day in your inbox if you're signed up. And read all our good other sports plus MMA at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, as I run out of steam, let's finish this up. I will remain the motor, Jeff Fox, my co host, Zombie Girl, Gummy Rhythm. We'll be back tomorrow too. Bye.